T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to the Best of the Joe Show, where we run back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan Day. Why don't you give us a follow on Twitter at 560WQAM and at Dan Day Radio. Today's show has a Louisiana flavor. First of all, I'm originally from New Orleans, so it's pretty Louisiana right there. Then we're going to hear from the Joe Rose interview earlier today with former UF and the U's quarterback, Brock Berlin, who originally from Shreveport and now makes his home back in Shreveport. That's North Louisiana, a little different from my Cajun side in South Louisiana, but nonetheless, Brock Berlin going to give some insight on being on both sides of the rivalry, which is happening this coming weekend in week zero, Miami versus Florida in Orlando, Saturday, seven o'clock pregame, postgame, whole game right here on 560 The Joe WQAM. Then we're going to hear from Dan Levitard's interview with New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees talking about killing an alligator because that's kind of what we do in Louisiana and giving up Jimmy Johns for life. Then finally, Stephen A. Smith giving the business to Kenny Stills who started his career with the New Orleans Saints. Before we dive into all that gumbo, Let's dive into some headlines. In preparation for Saturday's game against Florida, Miami coach Manny Diaz has released the team's first depth chart of the season. The two teams also announced earlier today that they will renew their rivalry with a home-and-home series in 2024 and 2025. ESPN has named the U's defensive end Jonathan Garvin one of their 25 most important players in the college football championship chase. They also predict he could lead the nation in tackles for loss this season. Last night in preseason action, the 49ers defeated the Broncos 24-15 despite their starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, posting a 0.0 quarterback rating going 1-for-6 with 0 yards and throwing an interception. The Dolphins have signed undrafted free agent wide receiver from Duke, TJ Ramming, and they've decided to cut wideout Saeed Blacknell. The Finns are back in action Thursday versus the Jaguars at 8 p.m. Listen to all the action beginning with pregame at 4 here on 560 The Joe WQAM. After being swept over the weekend by the Rockies, the Marlins look to rebound against the NL East leading Braves in Atlanta tonight. First pitch is at 7.20. Delray Beach native Coco Goff has received a wild card entry into the U.S. Tennis Open later this month. Earlier this year, the 15-year-old golf shocked the world when she advanced to the fourth round of Wimbledon. St. Louis has been awarded an MLS expansion team. When they begin play in 2022, the league will consist of 28 clubs, but St. Louis will be the first to be majority female-owned. Of course, Inter-Miami CF begin play next season in March. And now, let's step into the day spa. Apparently, 8 a.m. is too late of an opening time for a bar when it comes to a Georgetown, Kentucky woman. Donna Martin allegedly broke into a local bar in the wee hours of the morning and began drinking alcohol. Then when the bar opened at 8, hung out with employees and drank more until police came and arrested her. Not only is she awesome, but she has earned my hot mess of the day. And I love hot messes. Check her out on my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. 
A town in Great Britain has announced that their new public toilets will feature security measures to discourage vandalism, smoking, and sexual activities, which are usually the main reasons people use public toilets besides, you know, maybe actually going number one or two. Now on to weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast calls for isolated thunderstorms with temperatures in the low 80s. For the best poker promotions in South Florida, visit Hylia Park Poker Room. Come win your share of $350,000 in monthly high-hand giveaways. That's more than $10,000 a day in high hands. Why play anywhere else? Visit HyliaPark.com for more info. Everyone in town talking about this weekend's rivalry game between the Canes and the Gators. No one probably knows that rivalry better from both sides than Brock Berlin, who was quarterback at one point for the Florida Gators and for the Miami Hurricanes. Earlier today in the morning, the Joe Rose Show caught up with Mr. Berlin from his home in Shreveport. He talked about some famous quarterbacks coming from Shreveport. Also, he relives the big comeback that the U that he was our quarterback for came in over the Florida Gators. Also, why he chose Miami to transfer, what the transfer portal means to him today, and what to expect from the Canes' newest starting quarterback, Jaron Williams. Who it's weird when you even says a former UM and UF quarterback from 2001 to 2004, and you heard those highlights. The catalyst of that went into halftime, down a whole bunch of touchdowns, left that stadium with a W, and broke my heart with the Gator Chomp right at the end. Oh, my God, I still see it. Brock, <laughs> good morning. I love you and hate you at the same time. Good morning and welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Glad to be on. Hey, Brock, we're, first of all, before we get into all the good, juicy stuff with what had to be an unbelievable day for you a long long time ago where are you living now man i am back in shreveport louisiana so back home wow all right so all right so you're back home again can you name three famous quarterbacks so shreveport was kind of known for all you four and five star quarterbacks name the most famous quarterbacks to come out of shreveport and we probably have to go with ferguson joe ferguson yeah Terry bradshaw I'm not going to – I'm not going to – That's that's a good start. I got to throw in my old roommate, David Woodley. Wow. There you, okay. There you go. Going way back there. Okay, <laughs> Woodley. I like that. My memory's, my memory's not as good these days. Man, hey, you old, Joe. Hey, hey, no, you're not. Hey, uh, what a night What a night it was, though. First of all, you leave, and, of course, all the Florida Gator fans getting all over you for, for you know, coming to UM of all places. And now you find yourself down 33-10 to 10 in the third, and the Boo Birds are out. Now they've had enough of you you and they throw you in a shotgun which you loved and it was what happened how did you just turn the switch it couldn't it had to be more than just putting you in the shotgun that flipped that game around or was it really that easy man you know I think really what it was I mean we played about as bad as we could play offensively you know for the first you know two and a half quarters and um and really i think we just you know backs were against the wall we got into our two-minute offense i don't know if it was as much the shotgun as it was just let's spread it out and we got nothing to lose and guys just really believed in each other and and i think once we you know we we got the first drive the first score where kevin beer catches a touchdown it was kind of like okay you know there's the first one and then i i I like to tell people when, when 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 kb caught that next that the next drive where he catches it and runs it down, you know, to the one yard line, and Frank punches it in. That's when we we started to say, "Okay, uh oh, let's go. We got this thing." And you kind of felt the momentum. You felt it shift, and that's when the OB started to become alive. And that was my first experience of this is this is a pretty special place. 
Brock, what was said at halftime? Like, what was said in that halftime locker room? Did someone throw a chair? Did someone light something on fire or rip a head off a chicken? Like, what happened in that locker room that you guys came out and just, like, it was like a, it was a whole new ball game in that second half? No, I, I mean, it was really business as usual, you know? I mean, I think it was more guys, hey, this is what we're doing wrong. This is what we need to fix. Let's, you know, let's let's state our, let's, you know, state what we we know what we can do. You know, don't freak out and, and uh, just go make plays. And so, you know, I think, you know, what we were doing, you know, the defense was, was worn out. We kept them on the field the whole game. And so, finally, when we caught some momentum there in the second half and allowed them to get some rest, um, and then they, they, you know, they felt it too. And they started, obviously, feeding off of the success that we were having there late in the third quarter. You remember the Boo Birds, though? When it's 33-10 and not looking real good, could you hear that as well, or did you have that all blocked out? Oh yeah, you always hear. You know, you, you hear things, um, and and you you know you you feel it. You've been there, Joe. You know that uh, when the when the game's going south, you know you, you can feel it. But I think it's just that um, that's what I was so so proud of our team and and our guys for sticking together. And and man, what a what a feeling that was to to flip that. You know, to flip the whole feeling there in the stadium, um, and to go from you know a very very quiet OB to yeah. a place feeling like an earthquake. I mean, that was. I mean, just listening to those highlights right there brought back so many memories. And, and I mean, I can I can still, you know, still feel it to this day. Hey, Brock. Um, just just between us here in South Florida, how good did it feel to stick it to your former team? <laughs> I mean, there's part of you're a good Christian guy. I know that, but just, just just let it down a little bit. Did it feel pretty good? Is there part of the human side of you that just goes, "Yep, it just feels real good." No, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, I'll tell you all day long. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> it really, um, you know, for me too. You know, I mean, it was uh, when I made the decision to to come to Miami. It was it was the best decision that I ever made to make that move. You know, and for about a year, I had to hear it. You know, from everybody, I made the wrong decision from from Florida fans and all the different things. Um, and so, yeah, to to be able to be my first start in the Orange Bowl, um, for it to be that type of game, um, I tell people you can't dream up a situation. And, and yeah, it felt real good uh, to, <laughs> when that clock hit zero. To look over there at those Florida fans that were giving me heck, uh, uh, you know, when it was thirty three ten, say check it out now. 38, yeah. 33. What, what was with that? That You, you still remember the, the what Gator you did? Chomp. The Gator Chomp. I after. still remember it. I can there, only there have been Broncos, Gator fans yeah. that made comments like he uh, really had. Brock, of all people, had to do that to uh, us. Broke my heart. You didn't forget that, did you? No, man, I remember that. I, it wasn't a planned <laughs> thing or anything like that, but it was fun. I mean, it was my way of having some fun. Uh, if they don't like it, then you know what? They'll get over it. Uh, no, we and, won't. No, and, I Brock, you know, I haven't gotten over it. I still haven't gotten over it. It still, it still breaks my heart. I'm still at halftime of that game going, this game is over. How about that? Take that, Canes, and then boom, second half hits, and I feel like I was in the twilight zone while that whole thing was happening. I, I heard you talking with Crowder a couple weeks back, and I heard him talking about the fact that he only remembers stopping Frank Gore. Yeah, but it was in the end zone when he stopped him. So that was the only problem with that. Yeah, that killed me. So, by the way, just, you know, because you just you take the curtain back a little bit, how did you, like, what was the decision to come to Miami? What was the lasting decision that got you to come down here and, and attend the University of Miami? Well, obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a great university. It's, a, it's so much tradition, and, and to be a part of a place like that is, is just, you know, an unbelievable experience. But for me, it was – 
few different factors. You know, um, number one, I want to be a part of a great place, like I just said. Um, uh, and number two, I needed to find a place, you know, where, where there was going to be a quarterback that was stepping into a senior year so that when it was after my redshirt year, I have a good opportunity to compete for, for a position. Um, and then I had a, I had a good relationship with, with Coach Coker and Coach uh, Solinger from, from recruiting um, in high school. So I knew those guys. And just felt good about it. I mean, at the end of the day, it really was the only place I was was looking at because I just I knew the situation. Felt good about it, and the rest is history. Brock, what do you think about the uh, speaking of that? I mean, my gosh, look at the amount of quarterbacks that transfer going. Why ain't gonna play here? This is not a good situation, or for whatever reason, the transfer portal. What do you think of it as a guy that kind of went through it? I understand well, these guys, you know, um, that, that that are making moves and transferring different places. For me, it was tough. I mean, it's a, it's a tough decision, you know. Um, I really was settled in at University of Florida. You know, I had great friends, still very close with those guys today. But at the end of the day, you've got to make the best decision for you, whatever that may be. And every, every situation is different. And I went back and forth, you know, with, with the decision. But um, I felt like at the end of the day, it was it was the right one for me. You know, it was not very popular at the time. You know, to transfer back when I did. Um, now it's you know it's gotten it's gotten kind of crazy. But I always say, hey, you know, um, you got to give it all you got where you're at. And if it's just not working out, and you know, the best decision for you is to, is to make that move. Then you know, you make the move. Brock, I just want to let you, you know. know. I'll say, I'll say this. You know, Joe. I think you know the thing is when you transfer, and you go somewhere. I mean, it's it's tough. You know, I mean, it's a tough deal. You gotta right. you gotta go in and prove yourself all over again, and, and you've gotta you know put in the work. It's not like you're just walking into a place and they hand you the keys. You know, I, I know for me, I had to go in there and prove to my teammates, you know, that I'm here, that I'm gonna do whatever it takes to to help lead this team, be a leader on this team, and and uh, so it's it's not like you're just walking out and it's and it's easy. So. Brock, two quick things I just got to tell you that came in on the text machine and the Twitter page today. Tell Brock I still want to marry him, someone sent in from a couple years back. Seriously, tell him I need to feel connected to him after a full decade after that game. And another one said, ask Brock Berlin about the fourth down play in that fourth quarter. He ran a naked bootleg with the game on the line. If he didn't convert, the game would have been over. How about that? Someone remembers the exact play where the game could have been over oh, at that point. I know. People remember stuff. Apparently right? they didn't do drugs. Right. Remember all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing how the fans Jeez. still remember one play, right, or still feel the fact that I want to be connected back to Brock Berlin because of such a great game. That's got to feel good for you, right? It, it does. It's. I mean, I'll tell you, it's, it was such a – It was. I remember that play, like you know, I'm telling you, like it was yesterday. Um, and we had the naked – actually, one of my roommates, Kyle Kobe, was fullback, and he was sneaking out in the flat. At, at that point, I thought, I'm holding on to this ball. I can't run very fast. I know that, but there's nobody in front of me. I'm getting this first down. Uh, and as you can tell, I don't run a whole lot of cramped up on the play and the whole thing, So, uh, but it, it worked out. I guess it's fair to say Saturday night around 7 o'clock, I, I know you're going to be watching this game since you really have been a big part of this because you've been on both sides of this thing to, to know how important this game is. What, uh, what are you doing Saturday night? Where are you going to be? I will be tuned in at the house, probably – probably be cooking out and and uh and have it all a lot of friends over watching the game so you know i'm surrounded by a bunch of lsu people here uh but there will but not be an lsu game on so they'll be cheering for the canes uh <laughs> we'll be tuned in I'm, I'm i'm pulling for them uh i'm excited man i really am i'm excited about coach diaz and what he's doing just really looking forward to the to the future of this of this you know of our university what what uh since you've been through this um brand new quarterback playing in his first start really i mean outside of spring football this is it since high school 
What would you, what would be your advice to somebody getting their first start in such a big game like this? Yeah, I think just just relax, uh, prepare. You know, mentally prepare. You know, my thing always was, hey, I'm gonna play the game. You know, a hundred times before we play the game in my, my in my mind. You know, and then when you step out there, just just relax and have fun. Have fun. You know, you you put the work in, um, and uh, believe in yourself, believe in your teammates, and believe in you know the system and what and what and the plan. You know, and and that's that's really you know all you can do. You know, is you you prepared yourself. Now just you know go have some fun. Yeah. Brock, they're renewing this rivalry, so it, uh, reports are saying another home and home, but actually in Hard Rock Stadium. No, no, that's coming out today. The athletic. Oh, well, it, it, I said reports. Out. Reports oh, are saying that. Been out for like a week. I don't want to ruin yeah. Blake's surprise today, but uh, it does look like they're going to do a home and home with the Flor- Florida and Miami. This should be on the schedule every year for both teams, right? No doubt, one of the best college rivalries out there. Um, and and you know, I said the same thing about the Miami Florida State. You know, anytime. I was very fortunate as a quarterback to be able to play against Florida State and Florida um, a few times, and and uh, and any time you know those teams step on the field, no matter what the records, no matter what part time of the season, you know you know it's going to be a battle. It's it's a battle, and it's a great you know college football fans love to see that rivalry. I mean it's 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 for pride. You got kids from all over the state, you know that that have played against each other in high school, um, and and at the end of the day, it's. It's who's holding up that, that trophy, the state champion, you know. And so um, this Saturday will be uh, will be a big game. Hey, Brock, before we let you go, because uh, we just spent a year with Frank Gore down here with the Miami Dolphins, did you ever think Frank Gore was going to be this good where he'd want be one of the leading rushers of all time in the NFL when you're handing off to him? Did you ever think that? I, you know, I, I did because I got to watch him every day. Um, I mean, the guy's – spectacular um not only you know i would tell people all the time everybody always you know talks about the big runs that he has and all the different things that that they see you know on game day but i got to see him every day outside of game day and and what the work that he put in in the weight room on the field i mean he never stopped pushing everybody and uh and he was an inspiration to me especially you know going through the two you know uh Tear, ACL tears. Um, yeah, that's right. The guy just, the, the guy just, he had it, you know. And you know when you're around somebody and you're you're kind of in the presence of greatness, and and that's who that's who Frank was. And so, doesn't surprise me. But I'll tell you what, I'm just, I'm glad that I'm honored that I had the opportunity to play with a guy like that. He was a special player, but even even more special person. So um, I'm proud of him. Proud to say that I, you know, I got to play with the Hall of Famer. So, hey, Brock, great talking to you, man. Yep. yep. You good-looking son of a gun, you, man. I'm so glad we got to spend some time with you, man. Hey, always good to, to talk with you, Joe. We had some good times, bro. Yeah, good we time. did, man. We did. Thank you, Brock. You take care of yourself. Enjoy Saturday night. All right, fellas. Go Canes. Great perspective there from Brock Berlin. He's played on both sides of that rivalry. Of course, you can listen to the Joe Rose Show weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. right here. Up next, keeping that Louisiana theme going, Dan Lebetard going to be talking to all-time great New Orleans Saint, at least in my opinion, he's the greatest of all time, Drew Brees about killing gators here on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show. It's Dan Day. Earlier today, Dan Lebetard made me a very happy man, not only giving us great radio from 10 to 1 weekdays here at 560, the Joe WQAM, he talked with my man, Drew Brees, the king of New Orleans, 
Before that, though, they talked about Zeke who, but then with Drew Brees, they dove into barehandedly killing alligators, or at least maybe using a knife with Bear grills to kill an alligator, and Jimmy John's for life. Jerry Jones has some sound that is uh, making the rounds because uh, evidently the replacement running back in Dallas, Tony Pollard, the rookie, has looked uh, pretty good, and this was interesting here. Uh, let's play the Jerry Jones sound first. Pollard, your best negotiator with Zeke? Who? Pollard. Not Zeke who? <laughs> <laughs> He's got your camera. Steve, all right. He got your camera. We're having some fun. Not at your expense. <laughs> I mean, that is some serious over laughter. Isolate that over laughter, please, so that I can t- continually play it. Allison, find me the over laugher so I can ask him some questions. <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> is he really over laughing, though? I mean, that's a genuinely shot. Were you expecting Jerry Jones to make that joke? You think that's a real reaction to that? I mean, I think he's like, oh my God, I got the question. He said the thing. Like, that's just excitement. <laughs> Take it from me, it's over laughing. We will get back to that sound in a second, but the comments from uh, Jason Witten show you why he was uh, one of the worst broadcasters in his single year that we've ever seen. Like the comments from Jason Witten in terms of analysis are just all company man. It's, it's a little bit startling how company man Jason Witten is when he says, Quote of of Ezekiel Elliott, I thought it was a beautiful moment. He's behind Jerry Jones. I thought it was a beautiful moment. Now, Jason Whitman, during his career, was very careful to never say anything. Very careful. Which made for a curious broadcasting hire. Same with his broadcasting career. Yeah, yeah. Marino. Yeah. It's a, a Marino yeah. was the same sort of thing, except one of them was Marino and the other's Jason Witten. Yeah. <laughs> say a lot, but say nothing. <laughs> it's it, it's the white cowboy broad. It's how you become the national media's white cowboy broadcaster. Except for Romo, who says, you know, predicts plays every once in a while. But he says, quote, no, it wouldn't bother me. It didn't bother Zeke either. Trust me. There's no one who loves Ezekiel Elliott more than Jerry Jones done. I wouldn't have taken it that way, and I'm sure Zeke, Zeke didn't either. But he did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zeke and his agent found it disrespectful. They did not find the joke funny. But how is Jason Witten comfortable saying, trust me, there's nobody who loves Ezekiel Elliott more than Jerry Jones does? <laughs> Jason Witten. I mean. right. Doesn't love him quite enough to give him the money he wants, but he does love him. Do you have an opinion, Stugatz, on what's happening here with Zeke and Jerry? Uh, it's just so interesting because um, it's the rare time where you have an argument where both guys are playing with fire. Because Jerry is technically right. Tony Pollard has looked good, and that position has become so interchangeable. And so Jerry is just, you know, lending, I, I think, lending some light to that, shedding some light on that. Like, hey, I can win with Zeke Elliott. I can win without Zeke Elliott. There are plenty of guys who can get me 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns behind this offensive line and with the offense that I've created here in Dallas. And then you ha- you run the risk, though, of upsetting Zeke. And now you have Zeke who is upset, and he's upset at Jerry. And I don't know if being upset with Jerry over kind of a Benign comment is the right path for Zeke Elliott. It's not so. benign when it's about you and you're in a contract holdout. It's not when it's about you and you're in the middle of being costed money and you're in a national controversy and it sounds like instead of supporting you, your owner is trying to agitate you and show everyone how replaceable you are. It's not quite so benign when it's you, Stugach. You wouldn't like it very much. If if when you went away for a week, I was like, Stugatz who? 
No, I, I, I would absolutely, I would absolutely hate it. Right, I would hate it. Um, but I don't know if being defensive about it is the right path to take. Do you ignore it? Are you defensive about it? Do you lend voice to it? Do you make it a bigger story than it already is? I don't. <clears throat> All right, get out of here again. Oh, again? <laughs> yes. Oh, again, Greg? You can't. Like, uh, how is it so hard for you to not be incompetent? How is the first sound you make in this segment to contribute <laughs> to this a conversation where you're an expert? How is it clearing your throat into the microphone? Uh, I'm a human being. I you're make like, errors. That's all you make. You're not a human being. You're an error. <laughs> May I make a comment or no? Get out of here again. Oh, wow. No. Oh, wow. I, I just mean, told him. Penalties. I just I mean, told wow. him. It's three penalties. I just told him during the break I was going to try not to do that right, again. liar. Yeah, but Greg, like, I mean, Greg, right, it's you know, not I'll, that hard I'll to just. Ahead. I'll go to the grave with my expertise on Jerry Jones and Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> Graving it. Right. Consistently better off the mic walking out. <laughs> Chris, you came in here right before the show, right before the show like you do every Tuesday, to give him a little pep talk on not being incompetent. And he just looks at you with a with a, with a grin, a useless grin, and he's going to be useless. He says he's not, but he's going to be. It's just him. It's adorable. Come on. <laughs> part of you part of you missed this. Part of you is looking at him like, yes, I'm a little angry, but it's a little lovable. Uh, Chris, uh, Tuesdays are the worst day of my week by far. <laughs> Uh, because you notice this one over here, just I as soon, yeah, yeah, as soon as Greg leaves, it's all uh, graving it, you know, kicking him out, it, packing it. Yeah, this no, this one, this one right here, encouraged by the incompetence, happy to look across from him and see a mirror of incompetence. He's with us on behalf of Jimmy John's Home in the Zone contest. If you want more information on how you can win a home, go to dreamhomeinthezone.com. Drew Brees, there's a lot of interesting stuff about Drew Brees beyond champion, 12-time pro bowler, as accurate as anyone who's ever thrown a football. Uh, I don't know that a lot is more interesting than uh, killing an alligator. Uh, what? Yeah, he was on the, the Bear Grylls show. He, he Allison was just telling him, come on here and do not curse, and his response was, oh, darn it. So we're not uh, <laughs> All right. We're not going to be able to uh, trick the polished veteran into giving us headlines. Well, Drew's one of those guys where you don't have to tell him not to curse. That's He's right. not going to curse. That's correct. Yeah. But I'd like to know how he killed this alligator. So we'll get to the Jimmy John's Home in the Zone contest here. What happened, Drew, and thank you for joining us. Can you tell us the backstory on that? <laughs> on the on Kill Me Alligator? Yes. Yeah, so Bear Grylls, right? Um, I, I, I was a, I was a fan. Um, uh, used to watch his Discovery Channel um, show all the time, uh, like Man vs. Wild. And, and then, you know, he had this Running Wild with Bear Grylls show. And so I had heard about it, and I had seen a few episodes. And, you know, basically he just takes kind of normal people like us out into the wilderness, and we do survival stuff for a couple of days. So he, he had called and, and asked if I wanted to go on the show. And I said, yeah. I said, but I have to just, I, I got to like get a couple of things clear with you first. I said, first of all, I said, you have to protect me from myself, meaning that whatever you do, I'm going to feel like I can do it too. So like, if you go and, you know, try to do something super crazy, just, just keep in mind, like, I've got a responsibility to my team and to my family to come back in one piece, you know? So like, let's, let's not in that order, Drew. By it. the way, to your family and then yeah, your team. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like, like hey, I'm all for I'm all for challenging ourselves and doing some crazy stuff. But you know, I just gotta I gotta have some responsibility here too, right? So first thing we do is he picks me up in a helicopter. Uh, we're, we're in Panama. We're in Panama City, Panama. So we he picks me up on the top of a, a hotel. It's like 50 stories high. He just helicopter 
the door's wide open on the sides, picks me up. We fly off the roof of this building, and we fly into the jungle about an hour outside of Panama City. So we're in the jungles of Panama now at this point. We're flying around, and we're trying to find a place to land. We can't find a place to land. So he pulls up over the top of a like a lake, and he's like, all right, we're just going to have to jump in. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, let's do it. But there's alligators surrounding this entire thing. And they're all on the shore, and you know they're eyeing us up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So we jump into the water and we swim to shore and everything's good. And we're, we're kind of hiking around and it's going to be close to dinner time. And we're walking through this dry creek bed. And he's like, all right, we're going to have to start looking for dinner at some point. And we come around the corner and there's a six-foot alligator sitting in just like a little body of water right there. And he's like, all right, that's dinner. And I'm like, all right, how do you propose we do this? And he's like, well, I'm going to distract it. And then you're going to jump on its back. Oh, and no. You're going to stab it. Oh, no. my God. And, I'm like, and so I'm like, remember that conversation we had, you know, where you're supposed to, you know, like, you know, keep me out of harm's way and keep me from doing stupid stuff? What happened to that? So he's like, ah, don't worry. He distracts this alligator, and, and I sneak up behind it and jump on its back and slam its mouth shut. And this thing's, this thing's tail is thrashing, and it's, you know, basically bucked me off and, I have to grab the knife and find that soft spot, like right in the back of its neck, just below its skull, and stab it. And man, I'm glad they didn't show like the full part of that on on the uh, on the episode. We had to keep it somewhat PETA friendly, you know. But gosh, those things are hard to kill. But once we did, we wow. got it right there, carried it like a mile, cut stakes out of its tail, and then like stuck it on a stick. And it was like, you know, it was like roasting marshmallows, but we were roasting alligator steaks. Is there a reason, Drew, that you couldn't be the one distracting the alligator? <laughs> well, see, that was my point. I was like, I, I could distract this thing pretty well, right. you know, and you could jump on its back, but that wouldn't be any fun. Drew, with all that so, said, though, yeah, we, we got it done. With all that said, football is more dangerous. <laughs> well, I, I did come back with all my fingers and toes, so I was, I was thankful I, for that. It was, I, I'm marveling. It was, it was quite, quite a primal experience, though. Uh, and did, did you enjoy it? Because I'm marveling. This is a, beyond just your life. Um, this is a, a terrible insurance problem. If something happens to you, like, and that, and none of what you just described seems <laughs> any kind of safe. Well, the, the the funny thing was is so you know we shot that like in March or April of, of that off season. It was a couple off seasons ago, and then I think they showed it right around training camp time or the start of the season. And I remember my GM Mickey Loomis coming up to me after he saw the episode, and he was just shaking his head i was like you know better to ask for uh, forgiveness than permission <laughs> right. something like that yeah good good thing that nobody knew about that at the time well well drew uh, some quarterbacks have it in their contract that they can't even ride a motorcycle did like <laughs> who run it by payton i mean <laughs> i mean who who on your team knew about this you, i take it you didn't tell sean payton nobody knew except after the fact no nobody knew i, I felt like it was better left as just a surprise like, hey, out. All good. <laughs> imagine what the news would have been like because everyone's killing antonio brown for doing cryotherapy without <laughs> shoes on if the news comes out hey drew Brees lost a hand because he was wrestling alligators lost his right arm is 200 million dollars <laughs> the only thing Peyton would have said was, please like, kill the alligator with your left arm, please. <laughs> like I said, it all, it all works out. 
It all worked out. So he's with us on behalf of Jimmy John's Home in the Zone contest. If you want more information, uh, visit dreamhomeinthezone.com. And just be forewarned, I'm only going to ask him about this and the alligator situation. So, uh, Jimmy John's, you own a few of those, right? You had a buddy you went to college with who um, who's, who helps you with that partnership? Yeah, this is actually a great story. So I grew up in Texas, right? No Jimmy John's down there at the time. So I show up at Purdue University, 1997, right? I'm living in Wiley Hall, the dorm, and Jimmy John's is right down the road. I had Jimmy John's delivered to my dorm room probably three times a week during college, right? The Italian nightclub, the number nine, every time. It was like part of my steady diet. So then I go to San Diego, Chargers, no Jimmy John's. Side with New Orleans, no Jimmy John's. The only time I could get Jimmy John's was going back to Purdue University. So finally, 2010, I'm sitting in Jimmy John's on Purdue's campus, and I'm sitting there taking a bite of a number nine. And I'm like, I have to bring Jimmy John's to New Orleans. So I text my buddy who was a former teammate at Purdue, who now works for Jimmy John's corporate. And I said, what do I need to do to get Jimmy John's in New Orleans? He said, your timing is perfect. We just opened it up as a franchise uh, territory. Are you serious? I said, yes, absolutely. So a year later, 2011, we opened up our first Jimmy John's. We have nine now locations in New Orleans. We've got another nine in South Bend, Indiana. Um, And we continue to grow. Um, It's been an incredible journey. not just on the business side, but um, it's, a, it's a great brand. It's a great company. And we have a really exciting uh, campaign going right now. You just mentioned it. It's called Home in the Zone. Basically, one of the great things about Jimmy John's is we have perfected delivery. I know that's kind of become the fad the last, you know, three, four years here, right, with food delivery service. But we've been perfecting this for 36 years. It's what we do. So we have a five-minute delivery zone within at, at, uh, around every location to get you know, to get your sandwich as, as freaky fast and freaky fresh as possible, right? But a lot of people live outside the delivery zone, so we have all these super fans of Jimmy John's that are like, ah, I'm just outside the delivery zone. Well, now we are going to pick one lucky super fan to basically buy you a house up to $250,000 inside a Jimmy John's delivery zone so that you can be delivered sandwiches forever. There you go. Wow. Uh, dreamhomeinthezone.com is where you go if uh, if you want to be a part of this contest. Drew, did the alligator taste good? What's it taste like? Uh, well, I want to say it tastes like chicken, but <laughs> it's uh, it, it's a product of what they eat. So they they eat a lot of fish. Um, uh, so it actually tasted more like fish. But yeah, we cut we cut big old uh, steaks out of its tail and basically literally threw it on a, a wooden like a steak right. and just roasted it over the fire how Maybe long a little salt and pepper <laughs> how long did it take you to kill it when you said it was that violent how long did it take see that's the part that's the part that maybe is best not to talk about okay <laughs> fair enough okay we, we've crossed the line it was it was a little it was a little bloody but we got it done no it, it it didn't it didn't take too long but but those things are tough now Holy cow, they're tough. But we gutted it and basically threw it on my back and carried it like a mile to the campsite, built a fire. That's man. That's man stuff. You've never, felt, you've never felt. Not even winning the title feels as masculine as that, right? Like not even winning the championship. Put it this way, I think, I think it, it made me a true New Orleanian, Louisianian, right? Killing a gator with your, you know, with a uh, with a knife and then and then just roasting it over the fire. That, that, <laughs> I'm now one of the swamp people. Uh, that was your wife, man. Uh, yeah, that too, right? Uh, Drew, thanks for being on with us. Again, Jimmy John's Home in the Zone contest. For more information and to enter, visit dreamhomeinthezone.com. Really enjoyed that, Drew. Thanks, uh, thanks for being patient with us. No problem, guys. Thanks.
can't get enough of Drew Brees and can't get enough of NFL football action. Of course, Thursday, the Dolphins back into preseason action against Jacksonville here in Miami at 8 o'clock. Our pregame going to begin at 4 o'clock. Up next, that jambalaya, that gumbo, that etouffee, Louisiana, 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 more with a little South Florida tinge. Stephen A. Smith going to be throwing some shade at the Dolphins wide receiver and former New Orleans Saint wide receiver, Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills and Jay-Z not seeing eye to eye. That's next on the Best of the Joe Show. Back with the Best of the Joe Show on a Tuesday. Tuesdays here at 560. The Joe is Jersey Tuesday. Today I am rocking my U.S. National Men's Soccer Team Christian Pulisic jersey might go post that up on my twitter page at dan day radio so go check that out usa 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 of course still got that gumbo going a little creole south louisiana flavor for you stephen a smith he's always excited and he's never not gonna take a side in something now he is taking sides on the whole kenny stills versus jay-z issue kenny stills obviously we all know what this story entails Jay-Z and the National Football League agree to partner with one another. Jay-Z is going to be in part of the entertainment portion for the National Football League, particularly with this halftime show. Plus, he's going to be involved with assisting, with assisting social justice reform or addressing social justice issues, rather. This is what he wants to do. All right? Eric Reed, who kneeled with Colin Kaepernick. Eric Reed spoke out against the great Jay-Z. Colin Kaepernick certainly co-signed that and, you know, garnering support for his brothers in arms. Various people out there spoke out against Jay-Z as well. And now here we are dealing with Kenny Stills, wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins, recently in the news to speaking out against his boss, owner Stephen Ross, highlighting the hypocrisy and inconsistency because the Rise Foundation, Mr. Ross's initiative to address racial inequality and beyond, and how he's very, very well known for those efforts, didn't necessarily vibe with him throwing a fundraiser for President Donald Trump. Kenny Stills goes on Twitter. Kenny Stills speaks out against him, talked about the inconsistency, Coach Brian Flores, new coach for the Miami Dolphins, asked why he didn't speak to the coach, to the owner first. Needless to say, they agreed they met finally. They agreed to disagree. And then this Jay-Z situation happens. And when this Jay-Z situation happens with a plethora of people, particularly from the black community, calling out Jay-Z, questioning his blackness, Kenny Stills joined the fray yesterday. Listen to what he had to say. For the most part, what I'm trying to say to people is that let's let's work towards solutions and let's wait let's wait and see what what goes down from this deal. Uh, we can't really tell right now. It doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't sit right with me. I don't think that you know, it was handled the right way, but you never know. Well, he said a lot more than that. He sounded reasonable in that, uh, but he questioned whether or not Jay Z talked to common folk and all of this other stuff. Jay Z surrounded by common folk. If you know anything about Jay Z and his crew. They're common folk. A whole bunch of them. Juan Perez is common folk. Desiree's common folk. A whole bunch of people. Stephen A, common folk. What are you talking about? All of these things happen. And what I'm saying to you is this. I'm going to say it again 
to make sure that my my message resonates profoundly. If you're talking about the optics, Jay-Z sitting in next to the commissioner of the National Football League, laughing and yucking it up, I understand. If you want to sit up there and say that Jay-Z did not illuminate and present a game plan that he planned on executing, and we need more information, I have no problem with that. If that is your reason for not wanting to give him the benefit of the doubt, as my man Dominique Foxworth explained this morning on First Take, which airs on ESPN every weekday morning from 10 a.m. to noon, Eastern Standard Time, 7 to 9 a.m. Pacific, and you want to say you're not giving anybody the benefit of the doubt until you see what they actually do, I'm down with that. But that's entirely different than questioning a man's blackness, calling him a sellout, and all of this other stuff. Some of y'all people out there are just damn ignorant. It's just no way around it. You're just ignorant. And it's a problem that happens in the black community that people are scared to touch on, but I'm not scared to touch on. It almost seems like anytime somebody's successful, they must have sold their soul in order to be successful. As opposed to working their tails off, pounding that pavement, grinding for year after year after year, every day of their damn life to get to the point that they got to. But everybody want to ignore that because they finally arrived to a place you ain't at. So they must have sold their soul because there's some place that you're not. That's a problem. And I, and, and like I said, Jay-Z's got some work to do. Jay-Z's plan has to be a bit more transparent. But to sit up there and think that you suddenly have a license to question this man, authentic feelings and emotions, his blackness, etc. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself. And for the Kenny Stills, who I respect, and the Eric Reeds, who I respect, and I appreciate their efforts in fighting on behalf of our community more than they will ever know. My flip side to that assessment is this. Just because somebody doesn't do something exactly the way you think they should do it does not mean that their heart's not in the right place. And they're not going to try to do the right thing. Give the man a chance and see what he does first. It's all that I ask when it comes to Jay-Z. It's all that I ask. That was Kenny Stills speaking again. How low can you go? Let let, let me get this straight. So because he's Jay-Z and because he's successful, you don't know how many common folk he speaks to? Really? You know what, Kenny? You're successful. You're a wide receiver in the National Football League. Making millions. That's not normal. That's not common. Do you speak to common folk? Last time I checked, all of us on the same level, just because you don't make, just because you make more money, don't make you better, don't make you more significant than somebody else. But using your verbiage, using your verbiage, Kenny, do you speak to common folk? Hmm. Go to the phones. Lamar, you're live with Stephen A. What's up? Stephen A., my man. I'm glad to be on. Man, as a black man, I'm I'm irritated with with Eric Reed and and Kenny Stills. I feel like they coming at Jay Z off of emotions and and not with facts. Eric Reed in in a, a article I sent you on your Instagram, he basically said straight up, you know, Jay Z has done this for social justice, this and that, and at the same time backhand and and insult to the man and call him a sellout. Like as a black man, that, that irritates me. You know, you well, it should irritate you, that. but I will tell you. We are an emotional people. 
that much is absolutely factual. Uh, we've endured a lot uh, being uh, African-Americans in this nation. Uh, we've had to endure and overcome an awful lot of things. And a lot of what we say, feel, and do is based off emotion. It's not to say that it's devoid of, of substance and fact, but a lot of it is emotion too. There is no doubt. A lot of the, the feelings that we have are tinged with emotion. So that's not surprising. It's just that at the end of the day, a man's track record should stand for something. Jay-Z has not been perfect. There are things that he could have done better and differently and what have you. And we understand that. But for the most part, he's done a lot of good. And he certainly has never come across anything, anything less than a true authentic brother. So when you look at it from that perspective, for you to disagree with him on this particular issue and instantly go to the route of questioning his blackness, accusing him of selling out, et cetera, et cetera, I think is egregious. I think it's irresponsible and completely uncalled for. Uh, and I wouldn't blame Jay-Z for clapping back one bit, but he has not at this particular moment in time. Which I commend him on. And, and just another thing is just Eric Reed, you know, you can't just be throwing that word sell out so frequently well, and so loosely. I, I don't want to I don't want to hold him accountable. I, I said he implied it. I don't know if he used the exact words, but he clearly strongly implied it. But I don't know if he used those exact words. So I don't want to indict Eric Reed on that point. That's going to about do it for the best of the Joe show or weekdays from six to seven. We run back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Stephen A. Smith, who you just heard from, you can hear him one to three weekdays and he is loud and proud. So you don't have to turn up your stereo too loud. Always turn up your stereo loud, though, and your podcast very loud. You want to get a podcast of this show, some of the past shows or any of the shows here at 560 Joe WQAM. It's real simple. Get them wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free or you can simply go to our website wqam.com i am dan day i hope you enjoyed the gumbo and flavors that we had today had a little bit of a south louisiana tinge to it shreveport's own brock berlin who played on both sides of the uf the u rivalry then dan lebitar and the guys interviewing new orleans saints quarterback drew Brees. then stephen a smith talking about kenny stills who did play in new orleans for a while now here in miami his battle with Jay-Z. We're going to be battling again tomorrow night. It is like Christmas Eve if you're a sports fan. The beginning of college football is right around the corner. It almost seems like it's tomorrow. It's actually Saturday. Preseason pro football going on. The regular season's about to start. The heat heating up on the basketball court very soon. The Marlins in the middle of baseball. It's just a good time to be here in South Florida. We're going to cover it all tomorrow again right here on the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 